What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 11 of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Investor Bruno. Kurt, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm going to jump right in. We're going to dive right in. We're going to go free falling right into this fucking stock, Kurt. Kurt, in case you were not aware, Packer stock. It's only been sold like six times in its history. Opening up tomorrow morning, you and I are fucking sharps. It's $300 a pop. Ma maximum for one person is 200 shares. I don't want to do that math. I didn't do it ahead of time. That's a lot of money, Kurt. What are the chances we start a GoFundMe tonight and raise it by tomorrow morning? That'd be electric, wouldn't it? We Kurt, would have Packer stock? Kurt, we could own Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Oh, well, when you put it that way, <laughs> Kurt, I I'm mean, just saying. <laughs> I might have to be in. I Kurt, might have to be all the way in. Kurt, we are in our various leagues, I'm sure, Aaron, Aaron Jones fantasy owners, right? So we're kind of like in the middle. We've experienced what it's like. You're a noted Devontae Adams fantasy owner, big Devontae Correct. Adams guy. So, Kurt, we have the preparation. We've laid the foundation. Some say brick by brick. It's up to us tomorrow morning to decide what the future holds. I think I might be ten toes in, so we might we might have to circle back on this. All right, to, you know, I, I can be persuaded. Let's, I, yeah, let's do let it. Me, let me be honest with you here for a second. Mm -hmm. I almost flipped the script on you. I almost said, like, ditched my intro and was like, "It's your boy, Dangerous Kurt." Oh, Bruno asking why I feel asking why I'm feeling dangerous. Kurt, did you wake up feeling dangerous today? See, that would have been good too because we just hashtag <laughs> destroyed Baker Mayfield yesterday. Hey. But no, that's not why, Bruno. Okay, why then? Because Morgan Wallen, the dangerous tour, has been announced. And Holy it's coming shit, to Hartford. No way. Dude, when? Oh, summer? yeah. August 12th. Does he? Is he the headliner? Or is he like... Oh, what? he's the headliner with Hardy. With Hardy? Dude, they're you fucking boys. Did I stutter? There, that's going to be electric. Wait. It's going to be right. dangerous. Kurt, now I'm thinking of this big brain plan. We... We pyramid scheme our way to a bunch of packer <laughs> stock and then we buy low and we sell high because that's what we're doing we're sharps yep. we use that money to buy pit tickets to hardy concert this summer the i mean well morgan wallet but also well, you know but hardy hardy technically kicking it off so yes. I, dude now it's just big brain shit people can't keep up with us so i don't know oh what to tell you god kurt it was crazy you know what's crazy Har uh morgan wallen i remember this is gonna be a deep cut kurt Remember watching him back in the day on The Voice? Of all things, I watched Morgan Wallen on The Fucking Voice. Well, here's something interesting. And me and my cousin Jackie just talked about this, like, less than a week ago. He didn't really have an accent on The Voice. I like, know. that deep country twang was not twanging on The Voice. Yeah, dude. So I'm like, where'd it come from? I know he sang um, Cruise, I think. Yeah. Or no, wait, stay... Wait, stay. No, no, it was stay. Florida Georgia Line, I think it was stay. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was what sure. he sang on the voice. So I remember he was like, Oh, I like Florida Georgia Line. Then he he went off the grid for a little bit, developed that twang, and then yep. all of a sudden he's Florida Georgia Line's like pet project. So kudos to him for fucking doing it big. But Kurt, I think we just made a plan. Let's just cut the part earlier about the pyramid scheme and just go back to like we're making other people money when we're just gonna make ourselves money to buy the Morgan Wallet tickets. Okay. I got it. I'm in. <laughs> Get it? Got it? Good. Great. Um, before we actually start football, I have to just throw us out there. Friday, the movie King Richard comes out. I want to see it so badly. Is that on your radar? Oh, yeah, Kurt's for sure on the radar. First of all, big movie guy. So, first of all, shout out to us for talking about movies. Second of all, great line. They already kind of ruined it from the trailers. I've seen this line a hundred times. Someone goes to Will Smith as King Richard. They're like, hey, you have the next Michael Jordan. He's like, nah, I got the next two. Just an mm. iconic line. Yeah, and apparently it's like one of Will Smith's best acting jobs i don't know how because that man 
is a genius. He is literally a legend. I am I, legend. <laughs> I was going to go there, so I'm glad you took that. I'm glad you took that out of my hands. Oh, um, yeah, I want to see it really bad. I'm going to make Stats Guy go to that. I think Stats Guy actually has an interest in that one. You have to. Have to. Have to, have to, have to. Well, we talked about the pyramid scheme. <laughs> we are going to a Morgan Wallen concert, and we've already talked about movies. So are you just – Yeah, what? Kurt. Kurt, uh, it's keeping up with the Kardashians, keeping up with the field. Wait, keeping up with PTF. Wait. PTF keep, boys? It just doesn't – keeping up with the Kardashians, keeping up with the PTF boys. Close yep. enough. Close, Close enough. enough. That's, I might have to change our, our Instagram <laughs> handle. Fuck Can you yeah. imagine? Oh, God. Rebranding. <laughs> Full scent. All right. Jesus criminy. Oh, All man. right. Well, let's do what we actually came here to do, shall we? Okay. All right. And cue the music, Kurt. Bang. In three hours. Bang. All right. So, Bruno, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football because we always start with Thursday Night Football. And uh, we're going to stick with the theme of upsets from the last from last week's pod, where everyone was beating everybody who wasn't supposed to be beating everybody. You know what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, it happened on Thursday. Dolphins shocked the Ravens on Thursday night football. Miami was really able to shut down the Dolphins' rushing attack, limiting them to just 94 yards as a team, which for the Ravens is really not that many yards. I didn't go back and look at how... Like if this was the fewest yards I've rushed for all season, but I would be I would be genuinely shocked if it was not. Um, so Miami gets their third one in the season, but I feel like this is more about the Ravens dropping a game that they had no business losing than the Dolphins actually like pulling an upset. You feel me? I feel you, Kurt. And I you mentioned this, but like I don't know what's going on. I think the NFL maybe mandated that every top team in both the AFC and the NFC this season have a just absolutely baffling loss Kurt. yep it's a, it's written in the bylaws we just it's, we don't know we can't see it yeah i mean i did take sport lot twice so shame on me for not reading that ahead of time but kurt we'll take it it makes me laugh and kurt now we're not the only team who's the top team in the afc who says we lost to the dolphins we're that's brothers facts. in arms with the ravens it's <laughs> a good place to be and kurt, happy to be here the we lost to the dolphins by less than the ravens did our transitive property are we better than the ravens yes simply yes simply yes kurt um, speaking, Kurt, though, of not baffling losses in no. our in our next game, I think we all would have guessed that the Falcons against the Cowboys was going to be a Cowboys dub. I don't think we all guessed that the Cowboys would have won forty three to three. I repeat, forty three to three. Kurt, Bruno, wait one one more time for the people in the back. One more time, forty three to three. The two is just T O, not the number two. Forty three to three. Crazy, wow. Kurt. Uh, Kurt, before we get into the football stats, let me just tell you, we don't do a lot of sports betting here. Kurt, the fucking over for this game was 47 and a half, and the Cowboys scored 43 points, and the over did not hit. <laughs> How bananas is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> just absolutely tragic. <laughs> the Cowboys really tried everything in their power to get there, and the, they Falcons, tried the Falcons said, nah, fam, not today. Not today. Kurt, it, not a whole lot to talk about with the actual game. The Cowboys just scored every which way. CeeDee Lamb was running absolutely crazy, just open all the time, caught two touchdowns. Zeke had two touchdowns. They blocked a punt. That was just mean. They blocked a punt and recovered it for a touchdown. That was just mean. They didn't need it. Nope. They went up 36-3 uh, to at halftime, and again, that's clearly it was over. At one point, Kurt, they were up 28-3. to Falcons were down 28 to 3. So everybody was and the the Falcons account tweeted like, "Yeah, yeah, we know. It was mad funny. I respect <laughs> that." Um, but yeah, they were on 30 36 to 3 at halftime. One score in the second half. The second half was a snooze fest. Good win for the Cowboys. Absolutely. Great win for the Cowboys. They've got back on track. 
Um, I'm just hopeful, Bruno, that the Falcons suck like that on Thursday Night Football. That's yes, all sir. i got to say, fam. Yes, sir. Um, moving on to the Titans and the Saints. Here's at least one game that didn't completely suck, Bruno. Um, the Titans got their sixth straight win by knocking off the Saints at home. Trevor Simeon, we did kind of bash him a little bit in our Instagram Live. He threw for almost 300 yards, Bruno. 300 yards, two tutties, and uh, he put the Saints in a spot where it came down to a two-point conversion in the final minute of the game tied up. Now, the play call got all friggity friggity frucked up um, because Adam Trotman jumped off sides. It made it uh, the two-point conversion go from the two to the seven. So, obviously, that changed your play call, and then they ran this yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible play. Where it was like a wheel route to Mark Ingram. Mark who, Ingram. <laughs> who looked like he had no idea the ball was coming. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they obviously didn't convert. Um, but I feel like even though the Titans won this game, it still kind of left a lot to be desired because there was no Kamara for the Saints. The Saints didn't look great. And the Titans just barely snuck out a win. What do you think? Yeah, Kurt, again, if you're the Titans, they have come off like a murderer's row of beating. It was like the Chiefs and the Bills and then the Saints. And then I forget the couple. They beat another team that was good. They've come off this murderer's row. So at the end of the day, it is an impressive stretch for them. And they got the win. Should they have beat a Trevor Simeon-led team by more than this? Absolutely. But they got the win, which is most important. And Kurt, in two weeks, we're going to be knock, knock, knocking at the Titans' door. And uh, they're, well, actually, they're going to be knock, knock, knocking at our door. Our game is in Gillette. And it is not getting flexed to Sunday Night Football. People were saying all day, oh, they're going to flex the game. They're going to flex the game. No, they're not. 1 p.m. start, CBS. Do you, do you, I I don't know if you know this. Do you know what the Sunday Night Football that week is? It's like, no, it's it's not a good one. It's like uh, the 49ers and someone else. It's not a good one. Yep. Nope. Not a good one. But I think CBS fought to keep the game. Got it. Well, that makes sense. Yep. Um, well, speaking of not a good one, Kurt, this next game, Colts-Jaguars, that's just such a classic Thursday night football game. Literally, like, you think of, like, Jaguars-Texans. Jaguars-anyone is just such a classic Thursday night football game. And this played out like a Thursday night football game, if we're yep. going to be honest. The Colts, again, maybe they're not a contender, but you could argue they're good enough or should be good enough to beat the Jaguars more convincingly than by six. They absolutely did not. It was a very sloppy game. Colts are very lucky. They have Jonathan Taylor, who, with Derrick Henry being injured, is looking like he's going to be the rush leader this year he's yep. just turned it on absolutely he had an amazing game i think 116 yards a touchdown or two he continues to play well kurt uh trevor lawrence continued to struggle with his completion percentage which again like it's the jaguars i am not really shocked by that kurt really quick more impressive or sorry more importantly than this game i just quick quick little fantasy detour kurt yep kurt take me kurt on in on on un on in our gamble fantasy league Shout out, we have a Gamble Fantasy League. I have three quarterbacks on my roster, Kurt. So one of them, why I'm bringing this up, was Carson Wentz. Kurt, I sat him this week. You know what? Understandable. Carson oh, Wentz no. kind of stinks. He, Kurt, looking like a good decision, right? He only had 7.1 points. Uh-huh. Kurt, he was the highest scoring quarterback on my team. Kurt, I started good old MVP caliber starter Russell Wilson with a ended with a fat 5.64. And now, Kurt, you may be thinking, did Bruno say that Carson Wentz had the highest point total on my team? That he did, Kurt. Does that imply that this next quarterback had less than Russell Wilson's 5.64? Kurt, absolutely, because my third quarterback was Matt Ryan, who had 0.68 fantasy points this week, Kurt. So just an absolutely electric quarterback battle on my fantasy team. 
Someone might be saying that GM Bruno is getting fired. <laughs> I mean, I have three QBs. I might have zero <laughs> next week, Kurt. <laughs> my God, you want be- you want Joe Burrow? He's just sitting on my bench. Uh, let's him. let's talk after this, Kurt. Let's talk after this. But you know, just thought I'd highlight the Remi- stellar quarterback play. <laughs> remind me to bring <laughs> to bring up my fantasy team when we talk Patriots. Okay, sounds All right. Remind good. me. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the Bills and the Jets. Bills win forty-five to seventeen in New York. After losing to the Jets last week, Bruno, this is a a, a get-right game for Buffalo, and boy, did they get right. Uh, Robert Sawa, the defensive guru, uh, or alleged defensive, defensive guru, who got called out by Rex Ryan. Don't know if you heard any of that drama mm-hmm. on Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Um, he literally can't stop anybody. As Josh Allen and the Bills in this one put lit up the scoreboard, I am going to go back and check. I didn't do this earlier. I'm going to go to the Jets. Um, I feel like the Jets have given up 45. Yes. Okay. In their last three games, the Jets have lost 54 to 13. 30. Oh no, they beat the they beat the Bengals. 34 31. They lost to the Colts 45 30, and then they lost 45 17 to the Bills. So three of the last four games, they've given up 45 or more points. Given up the farm. They've given up the whole farm. And uh, for someone who prides himself on being a defensive coach, that's just – that ain't going to cut it. And that was kind of Rex Ryan's message. Robert Sala said, you know where to find me if they wanted to, you know, throw hands um, or maybe feet because, you know, Rex Ryan likes his feet. Mm-hmm. But I think perhaps the the Mike White era, the, while it was fun while it lasted, it might be over for the Jets. For now. He threw four picks in this one, single-handedly handed the game to the Bills. Yeah, Kurt, you said uh, the Bills needed a get-right game. Well, they got their Mike White game, and that's all they needed, apparently. Yep, that is apparently all they needed. Kurt, some were saying coming into this week that all the Lions needed was a win. We were on hashtag winless watch forever, Kurt, waiting. 0-8. They went eight games without a win. Kurt, did the Lions get their win this week? They did not. But, Kurt, did the Lions (laughs) lose this week? They also <laughs> did not. Kurt, we got a motherfucking tie, bitches. Lions 16, Steelers 16. Kurt, what did Trent Dilfer say? You can't lose in the NFL and expect to win? What does Kurt Trent Dilfer have to say about some ties? That sounds pretty silent to me. Yeah, exactly. So if we're being completely honest here, uh, Big Ben report, self-reported COVID, and so he didn't play this game. It was Mason Rudolph. Would have been way funnier if Big Ben played and they tied. But I, yeah. alas, we do yeah. not have that to make fun of him for. Really, the game was just absolutely atrocious. It was sloppy as fuck. Overtime was hilarious. There were like 10, not really 10. There was like three or four turnovers in overtime alone. It Nobody wanted to win. The Lions missed like a last-second field goal in overtime. The Steelers fumbled it like 80 times, especially one to end the game. Jared Goff, absolutely fucking horrendous. One of the crazier stats, Kurt, DeAndre Swift had 33 carries for 130 yards, and the Lions had two rushing touchdowns of 25 yards or more, and neither were by DeAndre Swift. I'm going to go with these names that I'm saying for the first time. The first one was Jermar Jefferson, J-E-R-M-A-R, Jermar. And the second one was, uh, excuse my Hebrew, Godwin Igwebuke. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely bananas. I don't know either. The Steelers are fucking terrible. We already knew the Lions are terrible, but the Steelers are absolutely horrendous for giving the Lions their first non-loss of the year. We will see, Kurt, if the Lions transition eventually to a win this year or if this tie is the peak of their season. That would be hilarious if that was the peak of their season. Also, just what the AFC needs for their whole 
the, the playoff picture is so <sighs> so messy at the moment. All they needed was a tie to get thrown in there, and of course Pittsburgh's like, ah, we got it, guys, we got it. Um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's real though, so um, it is that is what it is. Yep. Um, speaking of a team that is real, but hasn't been Israel. Playing. Oh, oh, is real, <laughs> but hasn't open. been playing real well lately. The yep. Bucks, Bruno. The yeah, Bucks. Man. Tommy boy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Tommy boy. Washington football team 29. Bucks 19. Bucks were coming off a loss to the Saints and their bye week. Everyone in the world was like, all right, Bucks in it. Like the Bills, like a get right game. Um, but it's Washington who flipped the script. They turned Brady over multiple times in the first quarter, and the Bucks were never able to recover. Um, the offense really let the Bucks down in the first half, and then. Unfortunately for them, the defense couldn't stop Washington in the second half. That's not a good recipe for success, and it did not lead lead to much success. Here's what I will say. Uh, Brady, after the game, was all sorts of rattled in his press conference. He was like, um, he I forget exactly how he started it, but he's like, make it quick. And he was all like sassy. And then he tried to walk off the stage after someone asked about... Um, like, what did you see on the two interceptions? And he's like, I saw we started with the ball and they ended with it. Thanks, guys. And then um, it was like 40 seconds into the press conference and someone was like, someone yelled in their questions like, what else do you have to say? Or it was like nasty, snotty, like not a, not a great look for Tommy Boy. And then, and then Bruce Arians uh, threw Tom under the bus in his press conference saying, what did you see from the receiver? Like, what did the receivers do wrong during the interceptions? And Bruce Aarons was like, nothing. It was on the quarterback. I mean, one of them literally was in the receiver's hands, and he threw it in the air. Like, the receiver threw the ball in the air. It was in, it was insane. But, Bruno, at least we get man in the arena starting tomorrow or today if you're listening to this. Yeah, Kurt, it might be petty, but we don't give a fuck. Sometimes we enjoy seeing this. That was nice to see. Hasn't it happened very much. It was kind of nice to see. It was absolutely nice to see. <laughs> Kurt, the only other thing I'll say that's concerning if you're a Bucks fan, because there were several things to be concerned about, the last drive of the game, the the football team. Maybe sorry, maybe it wasn't the actual last drive, but like the the game stealing drive from the Washington football team. They ran. They had the ball for like ten minutes yeah. in the fourth quarter. It was like an eighty yard, like nineteen play touchdown drive to seal the deal. If you're the Bucks, like I know their defense is more skewed, like it's stronger against the run than the pass. But like, how do you let that happen against the Washington? They had a fucking ten-minute drive, Kurt. That's Inex- inexcusable. That's what I was saying. The defense—it wasn't good complimentary football. The defense let them down in the second half. Offense kind of got it going late for the Bucks, but it was too little, too late, and the defense just didn't bail them out. Yeah, shout out JoJo, a little too late, Kurt. But um, speaking <laughs> yeah. uh, of something that was not a little too late, Cam Newton's career, motherfuckers. Oh, that got- was so smooth. Let's go, baby. Let's we got go. a fucking 34 to 10 victory over the Cardinals. I will say, Kurt, no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. I think it was the same thing last week and they won. Yes. Honestly, if we're just going to be completely honest here, it's not sustainable to continue to win games without those two. Like, good job for them winning last week. Not sustainable. I will say, great win for the Panthers. We saw all week Cam Newton signed. Or sorry, we didn't see all week. He signed on maybe like Thursday of last week. We were all wondering, is he going to start? How much of the playbook does he know? You have Christian McCaffrey, so just run the CMC play over and over again, which they did. So it turns out, Kurt, his first pass of the season, touchdown. His first rush of the season, touchdown. They go up 14-0, and it's fucking electric. He's Crazy. on the field. Crazy. He, 
and he gets a penalty, which he probably didn't deserve, but he's on the field after he gets into the end zone screaming, I'm motherfucking back. He didn't say motherfucking, but I imagine he was thinking I'm motherfucking back. Yep. Great moment. I, Kurt, I know the Cam Newton era last year was what it was. There was a lot of things other than just Cam. Cutting him early this year, I think we were all shocked. Obviously, for the Patriots, it turned out to be the right decision. Doesn't mean we're both not still happy for Cam as he takes over for the Panthers. And Kurt, again, if they're winning 34-10, to 10, yes, Cardinals are missing players. If they win 34-10 to 10 on a week where Cam had, like, three days of practice, Kurt, I'm just saying. I know. I know. And this is the team the Patriots smoked last week. Carolina, regardless of who is playing quarterback for them, um, was having all sorts of trouble with the Patriots. I think that only helps further the Patriots' uh, – Hmm. How do I want to word this? No, hmm. like uh, transcript. Resume? Resume. 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 Um, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, big Brain Bruno, you called that's this. Ne- that's you. You called this next game. <laughs> Vikings 27, Chargers 20. Kirk Cousins throws two touchdowns on his way to taking down the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. God, every time I see that stadium, it is like it is so cool. I'm so happy mm-hmm. that uh, that is where the Super Bowl is this year. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the Vikings. They were able to limit a pretty solid Chargers offense, Bruno. Yeah. For the majority of the game, Keenan Allen kind of got his. Herbert was able to move the ball a little bit. But for the overall grand scheme of things, Vikings did a pretty good job. Um, I kind of think my takeaway from this, Bruno, the Vikings are a little bit better than we think. And I think uh, me, personally, hand up, didn't I didn't give them enough credit. Um, in their five losses this year, they're by a combined 18 points. Not math, guys. That's like three and a half points a game. So they've been in every game. Um, and as Pats fans, we love this outcome. We love it because it helps put the Chargers a little bit lower in the playoff seating. And uh, who knows? Maybe the Vikings get on a little bit of a run here. Yeah, who knows? Uh, if you're a Vikings fan, you're definitely happy that they won a close game. I, I think seven as one score, right? That's because that's somewhat close. Yep. I think they're happy about uh, Kirk doing a little bit to change that narrative because just like last week and everybody was saying they can't win the close games, at least they got this one. So absolutely happy the uh, the uh, Vikings were able to take this one yep. and knock the Chargers down a peg. Yep. Speaking of AFC West teams that lost this week, Kirk, we had another team playing at home. We had the Broncos. You don't typically see them kind of have a game. Well, I guess they're not great. They've been kind of inconsistent too. But usually when teams go into Denver, they typically will struggle, right? Because the the, the altitude and mile high and I'm not used to air. Of all the teams to go into Denver this week, it was the Philadelphia Eagles, Kurt. The absolutely tarsh fly, Eagles fly, Eagles. They end up winning 30-13. to 13. So you see that score and you kind of think, oh, 30-13. It was kind of a blowout really wasn't that much of a blowout if we're going to be kind of honest it was it was close and back and forth and it was tied like three times basically how the game played out was it's 20 to 13 eagles broncos are driving deep in eagles territory melvin gordon fumbles on a fourth and one. Oh man what a fall from he had it too charger days and he had yeah. it he had it he had it and then he didn't and then darius slay had it and then he had a scoop and score for an 83 yard touchdown pretty so, crazy scoop and score too the way that whole yeah. game transpired yeah, so again, that made it 27-13, to 13, and the Eagles added a field goal late. So really, again, you see the 30-13 to 13 score, and you might be like, oh, Dominic game really was pretty close, and it could have been a lot different if Melvin Gordon could hang on. So Broncos dropped to 5-5. Five and five. It's hilarious that the Broncos are 5-5. Five and five. Eagles get to 4-6. and six. Typically, if you're 4-6 and six, uh, in the NFC East, you're in first place. Not this year with <laughs> the Cowboys, but uh, at, least, <laughs> at least the Eagles got their fourth win. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to these teams as we move forward. Yeah, there's two teams that could go. Like, both these teams could go, either go up or down. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting for both those teams. I don't know if yep. the Eagles 
can get into the playoffs, but apparently, apparently, apparently. I saw this on Twitter, they have some pretty uh, cupcake quarterbacks that they're facing coming up here. So Ooh. who knows? Maybe they could get on a little bit of a run. Okay. So, Bruno, this brings us to the point of the podcast where I'm going to talk about what, I, what we both thought was going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Yep. Yep. No. no. How about no? <laughs> How about no? This game literally had all the makings to be one of the biggest matchups of the season. Russell Wilson coming back from his finger injury and Rodgers coming back from being a lying sociopath that he is in a snowy game at Lambeau Field. You're thinking points. You're thinking electricity in the air. You got nothing but <laughs> for the whole game. Let me repeat that. <laughs> for the whole game. That's what you got. Um, the Packers did dominate time of possession in the first half, and they had a ton of yardage, and they literally couldn't score. They, I mean, they, they did late, but like – Mason Crosby, once again, missing a field goal. Our field goal. Our boy Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, put five hundred thousand dollars on this game in one of the. That's a that's a big ball bet. You got to have some big balls to bet that kind of game. Um, And I remember when Mason. I don't know if you. I tuned into the live stream a little bit yesterday. When Mason Crosby missed that first (laughs) field goal, it's like it's like Dave's soul got sucked out of his body. Mason Crosby, man, you got to start making your field goals. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. I don't know. It's just, uh, God. I, the Packers are a team that I do think is going to be there at the end of the year, but they do so much stupid shit that I'm like, God, like, you're going to shoot yourselves in the foot. Um, there's really absolutely nothing to talk about for Seattle in this game. Honestly, absolutely nothing. Other than the fact that the most exciting part of the game for them was the fact yeah. that at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, DK Metcalf <laughs> tried to fight literally the entire Green Bay Packers defense. And then he got ejected from the game, didn't go to the locker room, and tried to go back into the game. So that was the only part of the game that was worthwhile watching. And I have – and Bruno, off script here. Oh. We are a body-positive podcast. Oh, I have no idea where this is going. Did Russell Wilson not look fat to you yesterday? He looked fat to me. Kurt, he didn't look great. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. He looked like a little fucking little roly-poly-oly. I was like, that's not Russell Wilson. I don't know if he had, like, extra ribcage stuff on, but I was like, or maybe it's that weird little dinkity helmet he has. But I'm like, he didn't, he looked slim thick without the slim part. Yeah, Kurt, here's the thing. You're a member of the giant class. As someone who's 6'8", must be nice for you seeing the world from your mountaintop perch. As a fellow short guy to Russell Wilson, uh, you know, I'm standing here at a crisp 5'9". If you look any sort of extra weight, it's so much worse being short because it just it looks so bad. So, Kurt, I will stand up for my fellow short king uh, in Russell Wilson. Um, And he also went to University of Wisconsin. And my dad is from Wisconsin. And uh, I almost went there, actually. Fun fact. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I was this cl- fun. We'll do a little off tangent really quick, right? Because we love to do that. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really quick. Yep. Really quick. My whole family on my dad's side is from Wisconsin. I have like a million people. My uncle, my dad, my like grandparents, my cousins, all of them went to University of Wisconsin. I just assumed in high school I was going there. And so I went out there for a visit. It was like negative 10 on my tour. I was wearing all Celtic stuff, getting all sorts of looks. I might have even been wearing shorts, probably. That was a high school Bruno specialty. Went on the tour. I was like, eh, this is nice enough. Madison's a nice city. Wisconsin's good football. I was like, cool. We're in the airport. I'm like, Dad, you might as well put the deposit down for University of Wisconsin. Sounds good. He's like, let's just go look at UConn one more time. It was literally my dad who wanted wow. me to go to Wisconsin. He said, let's go to UConn one more time. And then I went to UConn, obviously. Wow. Would you have been at the University of Wisconsin for 10 years, you think? 
I, you know, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt, the world will never know it. You know what? <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, upcoming, uh, even more of a timeline or a tangent here, Kurt. The upcoming Spider-Man movie is introducing the concept of the multiverse. Kurt, if you're not familiar, I'm not. we are in our own universe right now. But the multiverse theory is that there are like millions of separate universes separated by tiny differences that grow and grow as you get farther away from your timeline. There is an alternate timeline out there where your boy Brundog was at Wisconsin for 10 years. Kind of sounds like how I talk about my birthmark. I I, told, I did that on this podcast, right? I think you did. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not get back into that. But that's yeah. funny. Um, I just, I can't imagine you out there. Not, not, not in like Packer territory. I know, Kurt. It would have been so, I mean, I obviously wouldn't have become a Wisconsin or a Green Bay or any fan of that. I would have worn all my stuff. And like, I would have tried to fight every Milwaukee Bucks fan I've been, I would have encountered. <laughs> just throw hands. Um, that would have been tough. Well, you, wear, I would have, you wear so much green with the Celtics stuff. That would have been confusing for Packers fans. I know, but I will also say I just went to Celtics Bucks Friday night, and the yeah, T Tatum almost hit that game winner. I almost yep. creamed myself. Uh, cream as in coffee, latest kid show. Um, the the Bucks for the color green that the Bucks wear is so gross. It's, it's not a good one. Disgusting green. Not a good one. So Celtics have the best green uh, in the NBA. But anyways, yep. Kurt, I completely have no idea how we ended up on this topic you were talking Packers Seahawks that's right I had two things I was going to say about this game to add to what you said uh number one um fuck Russell Wilson again he only had five points for me in fantasy that was my first thing number two Kurt if I'm not mistaken you pick Packers to the Super Bowl I will say what the what the kryptonite it feels like every year for the Packers is their defense Kurt yes Russell Wilson's first game back yes they seem completely disjointed but it didn't just start with this game the Packers defense has low-key been just like quietly one of the better defenses as of late in the league I don't know if they started well but they definitely have been rounding into form much like the Patriots which we'll get to um so yeah the Packers defense Kurt is, is kind of scary so uh like you said Packers 17 Seahawks 0 uh, you know Packers continue to, to impress yeah Kurt. I'm 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 intervening again oh, so intervene. the Packers defense forced Kyler Murray Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson over the past three weeks for to combined for their stats 62 of 110 so 56% completion mm -hmm. 601 yards one total touchdown four interceptions that's that's three fantastic quarterbacks that they held into check so big eyeball emojis yeah, Kurt, that's pretty fucking good. Um, and again, we, you know, we'll have to see, depending on the seating, like what we always say every year is like teams don't really want to come into Lambeau and play them. So if they can keep winning and maintaining that top seed while the Bucks are losing weird games and the Cowboys, you know, they just lost that weird Broncos game two weeks ago. So like, Kurt, we'll see if the Packers end up the number one seed, your take is going to look extremely, extremely hot. hot. Um, Kurt, speaking of a take that was not extremely hot, uh, your boy Brundog's prediction for the Raiders to win this week because God damn it, Kurt. Uh, God fucking damn it. Uh, it took one week. It took one game. It took one performance. And all of a sudden, to my chagrin, that's your SAT word of the day, to my chagrin, yep. the Chiefs are hashtag back, Kurt. It sucks to say. It absolutely fucking sucks to say. Patrick Mahomes put on a goddamn display. He threw for 400 plus yards, five touchdowns to four different receivers. Two of them to Tyreek Hill. Darrell Williams just had an absolute monster of the game. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, just absolutely dominated the Raiders. It was really, really unfortunate to see. Not because I'm necessarily a Raiders fan, 
but more because I just don't want to see the Chiefs do well. And I had already declared them both done and finished. And unfortunately, <laughs> they are seeming like neither because they not only killed it on offense, like I said, the Raiders only rushed for 50 yards. They couldn't get Darren, your boy Darren Waller involved at all in the passing game, considering which is surprising because the Chiefs Ugh. defense has been Swiss cheese all year. So I think we kind of already were on the fence about the Raiders in general. Like, yeah, they had won a couple under Rich Banzichia, the interim head coach. But I really think we all had kind of known this was coming from the Raiders. It just sucks to see if you're a fan of the uh, rest of the AFC because all it takes is a game like this for the Chiefs to get back on track. Sorry, I was open. I have a voicemail that just got sent to my email. How is a voicemail sent to email? Yeah, Kurt, I was hearing voices. I That's not necessarily uncommon for me, but I was hearing it in the microphone, and I wasn't sure what was going on, and well, I was trying to read the room. I didn't read it enough because clearly you're dealing with voicemails in your email. Yeah, well, first off, well, what you did hear was that the walkie-talkie was going off. So okay, I, that's what I heard. So I got, I got up to turn that off, and then I got like urgent. E I popped up urgent on my phone. I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. And it's... It's an email of someone asking about Turkey Bowl tickets for our football team. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that got sent to my email, though. Voicemails That's are for piece. phones, Bruno. I don't know if we knew this. But uh, I was listening to you. It is a total shame about the Chiefs. We had we had done chained them. We, you, you did say they were done and finished. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think the Rich uh, Basaccia era might not be as good as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, Kurt question can you still hear me i can hear you okay my recording just froze and my timer at the bottom is no longer moving well i can hear you okay so kurt a little uh, breaking the fourth wall here for the listeners uh we're squad casting up right now and kurt it says my connection's solid but my recording timer at the bottom is not moving so just let me know if i freeze or you can't hear me how about that well how about this it's time for patriots talk so mm. i'm going to well, again, we're breaking the fourth wall. I'll just pause it. We'll save this part, and we'll start a new part. Sounds good. Okie dokie. See, back like we never left. We, See? Did we? Who? No. Where's the proof that we left, Kurt? They don't. They, let me tell you. The listeners don't have it. Nope, they don't. No, they don't. Um, but, yeah, now it's time for, <laughs> now it's time for Pat's. I was, I was wondering if there was going to be a segue there or not. <laughs> Fucking crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what? Sometimes late on a Monday, the segues, it's true. The segues get segued. We're it's just, true. Yeah, we, we have to skip over some of them. Um, Bruno, I said four weeks ago that it wasn't fun to have a Patriots podcast anymore. What an idiot. What an idiot. What, what a, a fucking idiot. idiot. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> this was it. This was the game so many people have been waiting for. Um, they're back. The Pats are back. Um, stamp it down. Mark it down. Put it in highlighter. Put it in Sharpie. They're back. They're back. Bruno, Pats 45, Brown 7. I want your initial takeaway. Your first initial takeaway. So, Kurt, my first initial takeaway is that the Super Bowl is motherfucking back on, bitches. Mac Jones Hall of Fame. 
Super Bowl back on. Kurt, you just talked about how you want to go to the Super Bowl this year. Or sorry, it was going to be a great Super Bowl location this year. You're probably going. You went to the Dolphins or uh, the one I in did. Miami the I other did. year. I did. Kurt, you're going to the Super Bowl this year, and so are the Patriots. How does that feel? Uh, it feels great. It's ha- I'm happy to be here. I'm excited <laughs> to go there. Um, but that, you know, the Super Bowl is a good place to start because. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> no, we are not overhyping <laughs> anything. No, 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 no. We don't do that in this podcast. Oh. But I'm going to get real with you for a second, yep. okay? Right now, in the AFC, who would you say is playing the best football? It can be a couple teams, but who do you think is playing the best football? So right off the bat, Kurt, right off the bat, I feel like you just have to start with the Titans. Because yep. as we yep. talked about, um, they – have had a murderer's row. I'm. It's loading their schedule. So they just beat the Saints this week, the Rams last week, Colts, eh, Chiefs yep. the week before, and Bills the week before that. That is yeah. five great games against mostly good teams. I think it starts and ends with the Titans. But, Kurt, as we mentioned earlier, we have better a litmus not, Better test. not end there. Yeah, and we have a litmus test coming up in two weeks against the Titans. I agree about the Titans. you got to start with them. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, I think, is going to be there, even though they looked a little spotty. True. The pa- there's not many teams in the NFL hotter than the Patriots right now. And then reluctantly, reluctantly. Is that a four-syllable four syllable word? Yeah. Reluctantly, yeah. The Chiefs. But pretend like I didn't put them in there. <laughs> True. So I'm saying the Patriots are now, I would say, part of the big four in the AFC. You could, If you want to throw the Ravens in there, you could, but I think they're like a tier below. I really do. Hmm. Um I don't. If you're in that top four, anything can happen. Oh, anything yeah. can happen. So, who knows? Maybe they do get there. But I, I still feel like they're a year away. Um, from like actual Super Bowl contention, Bruno. Don't give me that look. Kurt, are we a year away from repeating a Super Bowl champs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, uh, we All are. Right. <laughs> they, oh God, I think I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think here's where I would say yep. I might feel a little different. Okay. If somehow, some way, the Patriots can win their division and they can get a bye, no, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I forgot there's not two byes anymore. It's the number one. Oh, there's yeah, no yeah. way There's yeah. no way the Chiefs are – I mean, uh, the Titans, I don't think, are going to relinquish that. Right. But who knows? Weirder shit's happened. Yeah. Um, but I, I – they're, they're putting it together. The Patriots are – the Patriots are putting it together on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. and that should that's scary for other teams in the AFC. No matter what, this team gets in the playoffs, you don't want to play them. You don't want to play a Bill Belichick coach team who's who's starting to gel as the weather gets colder. I'll just say that. Yeah. So let's get into yesterday, Bruno. Yep. Shall we? Shall we? We shall. Mm-hmm. So obviously the game did not start out great. It was not all sunshine and rainbows for the Patriots to start that ball game. Um, the defense allows the Browns to literally – march their way down the field, score a touchdown. Um, did I thought I thought we were gonna get that quintessential Patriots goal line stand. Right. Um the Browns literally ran the football all the way down the field and then they pulled a Josh McDaniels. They got to like the three yard line and they went run pass, pass, pass. Yeah. Um and it almost it almost backfired for them. Right. Um Devin McCourty almost had a sick one handed hit one handed interception. Couldn't, couldn't corral it on third down. The Browns go for it on fourth down, and it, who caught it? Hooper? 
Hooper, yeah. Hooper caught a touchdown in the back of the end zone, barely, yeah. barely caught it. Um, it was kind of one of these instances where he was like a double catch. He was like, it was bouncing around in his hands. He got both feet down, but yep. did he get both feet down? He did, but he it was did. close. It was really close. So no, I was like, whoa, not a great start. The Patriots defense looked like it was going to get gashed. And Kurt, so I just want your opinion before we move on, because obviously that was a lot different from the rest of the game, which we're going to get to. But really quick, while we're on this point, You've made this point before, right? Because you're the football guy. You've you kind of told me about this for the first time. How traditionally, when teams start games, the plays are traditionally scripted. Like I think it's usually around the first 15 plays or so are scripted. Yep. Is like is we've noticed basically all year that the Patriots on their first drive of the game are just absolutely terrible for whatever reason, and usually we clean it up after that. Is there some truth to like we just like teams are able to scout us and create good scripted plays, but then when they start going with the game flow, then we start – like, what do you think is the reason why our opening drives have been so bad? So, because I'm a nerd, I like to watch Bill Belichick's press conference after games. They – they one of the reporters asked him that question. Oh. They were like, uh, traditionally this season you've had some pretty slow starts. Like, what, why, why do you think that might be? And Belichick was kind of like, well, you know, because, you know, every team kind of has their first couple plays, their script um, intact to start a game. The whole point of a script is to run plays that you think you're going to do well offensively, obviously, but it's also to see how the defense adjusts to different formations. So, like, we bring three tight ends on the field. So, from the Browns' perspective, the Browns bring three tight ends on the field. What do the Patriots play? Do they play their base defense? they play nickel defense they play dime do they go heavy are there how many linebackers on the field you're trying to you're trying to get all that information when you start a game like that so i think the the browns did a good job of mixing formations and the patriots pretty much stayed base which they didn't do as the game went on so the patriots uh went base to kind of to start the game it obviously didn't work and then belichick who is one of the best in the in the world at making in-game adjustments made some in-game adjustments and the it, it everything stopped for the Browns right. up to that. Right. Um, I think I talked about this on the Instagram live. If you're able to stop the Browns on first and second down and you're able to force third and six, third and seven, third and eight, third and 10 plus obvious passing situations for the Browns and Baker, you're going to have success. Even though the Browns have a really, really good offensive line, you'll still be able to have your defensive line, um, defensive ends, whoever, pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. They don't have to be aware for a run. So that happened as the mm -hmm. game went on. The Patriots really sh like strengthened up their run defense, um, and they forced the Browns into pass passing situations. Baker could have had four interceptions on this in on this day. Oh yeah, um, a couple. Um, kind of got tipped around or whatever. Um, J.C. Jackson happened to go through his hands. Like I said, McCourty had that one in the end zone he, he might have had. And then the one that he did throw to Kyle Duggar that was returned to the Patriots' five-yard line, or the Browns' five-yard line, rather. That was If that wasn't picked off by um, Duggar, it was going to be picked off by Mills. It was that yeah. bad of a throw. <laughs> so the Patriots forced Baker into everything that they – kind of wanted they got after him Matt Judon was an animal I we sound like a broken record at this point Christian Barmore has been phenomenal and I think we were pretty hard on two certain guys earlier in the season I I know I was specifically Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy looked kind of old and washed up the last couple weeks 
they've both been phenomenal. And they were both really, really good again this week. I don't know if it maybe took them a second, like maybe for Van Noy to get reacclimated up here. People forget Dante Hightower did not play last year, and he's he's old. So maybe it took a sec to get – I don't know if he'll ever get back to the, the speed that he was. He might be half a step slow. But Dante Hightower, half, to, half a step slow is still better than a lot of linebackers in the league, and he's starting to play like that again because it was really bad at the beginning of the year. So give credit where credit is due. They've turned it around. Here's an interesting tidbit, Bruno. Mm. Okay. The Patriots are fifth in the NFL in points scored. Damn. Somehow, some way. Damn. And they're third in points allowed this year. Damn. Damn, Billy. Okay. I mean, Belichick, I think, is out for blood, Bruno. He oh, wants yeah. to be in the he wants to lead all these fucking statistics. Hell yeah. Um, I think it was pretty evident that when it was like thirty five, I don't know what the score was. Uh thirty eight maybe. Yeah. He Brian Hoyer's out here slinging it. Yeah. Oh, and Kurt, who is he slinging it to? Well, he slung it plenty of times, and he hit Jacoby Myers for his first touchdown of his entire career. And that was the coolest moment of the game, seeing the entire team run down to the end zone. Don't you think? Kurt, it was so cool. The one nitpick I'll have is that that was, like, the play that that Browns guy, like, hurt his neck on. So yes. that was, like, a very weird, like, jubilant sideline all celebrating which was amazing not taking anything away from that moment the whole offense was there the whole defense kurt ran off the sideline and swarmed him in the end zone he high-fived like every single coach including bill belichick on his way back to the bench yep. great moment you know he just wanted to get that monkey off his back for so long really happy he was able to do that again just the weird part of that was like the i think it was troy hill he like yeah. tackled myers weird and like hurt his neck i think he's okay i think he has like a neck sprain he's he was cleared to fly back to cleveland today so i think he's all right but it was just a very indicative moment of the two directions these teams are going the yeah. browns are out here that was when they went down 45 44 to 7 after and then nick folk hit the pat so that was when they were going down by absurd amount and then kurt i think this was indicative well there's more to go right but i just yeah, want to yeah. say this point before it leaves my brain we both picked the browns to make it to the super bowl and yeah. now we're having it's like two chips in the night passing each other, Kurt, and one is going to the Super Bowl, and it's not the Browns, and the other is not going to the Super Bowl. One is going north. One, <laughs> yeah. is go one is going north, and yeah, it's the so Patriots ship. Ba back to the X's and O's, I just sidetracked that. But, yes, it was really cool that they, he put Brian Hoyer in. He's like, hey, why don't you sling it, Cowboy? Why don't you go in there and score some more? Yeah, he had like a 47-yard – well, first off, he had like a 25-yard pass to Nikhil Harry. Great yeah. catch. Yeah. Then he had like a 50-yard pass to Kendrick Bourne, and mm. then he had Jacoby Myers for like the 16-yard touchdown or whatever it was. Um, that was cool. That was cool. Brian Hoyer, perfect passer rating. People forget. <laughs> People fucking forget me. That's huge for his career stats. <laughs> huge. Absolutely <laughs> massive. Um, Bruno, I, I, we talked about the defense. I think we got to talk about the offense because oh, yeah. it was – Oh, yeah. It is coming along. For the first time in Patriots history, they scored 45-plus points at home in back-to-back -back games. Tom Brady was our quarterback for 20 years. Mac Jones has five starts at home, six now, and he's done it. He's done it. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. I will say, yep. I will say, the offensive line balled out yesterday. Balled out. And I think a lot of that reason was because our boy came back. Trent Brown. Dude. Bruno, I forgot how big of a man he is. Insert like, picture with him and Mike Reese in the interview. <laughs> yeah. Dude. <laughs> I mean, he he's like... If you literally put a bulldozer on the field, like you took one of those little bulldozers and you you stuck it at right tackle and you put a Patriots helmet on it, it's Trent Brown. Kurt, he's a woolly mammoth. 
He is. He is huge. <laughs> he looks bigger on TV too. He looks yeah. somehow looks bigger on TV. Yeah. Um, but having Trent Brown and Shaq Mason on the same side of the line just should be illegal. It's those a crime. two. Those, those. It should be illegal. Those two people just people movers. They're mm. people. They're body movers. Mm. It's insane. And I think the last four games, the offensive line as a whole has done much better to keep Mac clean. Mac Jones in this game, nineteen of twenty-three. One of those was a throwaway. One of those was a drop for 198 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know what came over me in the Instagram live yesterday. I knew he was throwing three touchdowns. I knew it. And there we he go. did. Well, I should, I, should, I should keep going with that. Um, 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 he's going to win Rookie of the Year. or I mean, no. Offensive MVP. Wait, what the fuck is it called? Offensive I think you're rookie thinking of the year? Uh, Super Bowl MVP. I think that's what you're going for. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, he's going to win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> he's going to win MVP. Here he comes. Mac Jones <laughs> uh, going to go off the next seven games. Love it. Um, but a really good game for him. I thought, especially early on in this game. Yeah. Obviously, the game started to get away from the Browns in the second yep. half. Yep. Even from the get-go, Browns are up seven nothing. Patriots come out, run, run, and it's, it's all of a sudden it's third and eight. You're staying third and eight down the barrel. Um, right off the get-go, hits Hunter Henry, old reliable, old wow. reliable Hunter, um, <laughs> for a 12-yard um, gain on a third and eight. And he was five for five on third down in the first half. And, like, mm-hmm. some of those throws were incredible. The over-the-shoulder ones to Jacoby Myers. He fit one into Kendrick Bourne. Um, he's so good at facilitating, playing point guard, getting all these different people involved, and he's been money on third down. That's What more can you ask for from a rookie? Yeah, Kurt, especially because not only were we looking to see the offense turn around this week specifically, I think you and I are both looking for that, and they did. But, Kurt, it was the way that they did. Exactly what you just said, right? The third down conversions in the throws. But, Kurt, we had three drives of over 90 yards ending in touchdowns. One was a 99-yard drive ending in a touchdown. Kurt, I don't. you don't just see rookie quarterbacks do that on the reg. No. It wasn't just one time, Kurt. It was on the reg. And, yeah. Kurt— like you said, some of the throws, just my last point, because I'm going to forget if I don't say it right now, the the throws that he made, Kurt, you're going to find that throw to J- to Kendrick Bourne in the end zone on P-Hub later. Kid show, so I won't say the full thing, but you're going to literally be able to find that on P- P-Hub, Kurt, because my God, that was an absolutely electric throw that I could just watch over and over again. It was a unbelievable throw into double coverage. It was also an unbelievable catch. Yes, that too. Unbelievable catch by Kendrick Bourne. You mentioned the 90-yard or a couple 90-plus-yard drives. The offensive drive chart for the Patriots. First drive, 15 plays, 83 yards, touchdown. <laughs> That's not 83 yards, and we're like, it'll be 83. 83 yards, what an idiot. <laughs> what, a, what a loser. Uh, the next play, this was after the Kyle Duggar pick. Yep. One play, five yards, five seconds, touchdown. <laughs> the next drive, this was the one. 11 yep. plays, 99 yards, touchdown. Absurd. So three – the Patriots, okay, while the defense hasn't started very well for the Patriots, the offense usually has started pretty well for the Patriots. So they come out the gate, sort, score three straight touchdowns. Their last drive of the first half, 11 plays, 47 yards, field goal. So that, that you score on every one of your drives in the first half. Oh, yeah. Uh, they came out in the second half. The only bad drive of the game, they went three and out. Then they go eight plays, 92 yards, touchdown, six plays, 47 yards, touchdown, and then Brian Hoyer, the oh, Hoy yeah. dog, the Hoy dog comes in there, six plays, 95 yards, touchdown. My this God. is one of those games, Bruno, where the Patriots didn't get any like lucky bounces. There wasn't a blocked punt. There wasn't a blocked field goal. There wasn't anything crazy like that. They literally earned all 45 points, which never happens. That doesn't really happen 
uh, especially for a team with a rookie quarterback. So um, we just kind of dismantled the Browns, and I, I loved every, every, every single second of it. We would be remiss, Bruno. If we did not talk about Ramondre Stevenson before, have we to have to. We, we, there's no, we leave ourselves no choice. No choice. Um, so obviously, last week in Carolina, Damian Harris concussed, and then yep. like three plays later, Ramondre Stevenson concussed. Not what you're looking for. Somehow, some way, Ramondre Stevenson was able to um, pass concussion protocol to play mm-hmm. in this game because uh, all week long, it was kind of looking like Brandon Bolden and JJ Taylor only in this game. Now. While it was great having Trent Brown back and the offensive line played well, I don't think you get the same production from running back if it's Brandon Bolden running between the tackles or Jonathan Taylor. No, or jeez, I always keep doing that. JJ Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I wish. Just, I wish. <laughs> JJ Taylor. Oh, shout um, out University of Wisconsin, by the way, to call back to earlier. I'll call back. <laughs> call back. Um, Ramondre Stevenson runs like a goddamn animal. He's like not that big, but he runs. It's like we drafted LeGarrette Blunt, but fast in the fourth round. I don't know how. It's like Bill Belichick. How does he keep getting these guys? He got Damian Harris in the fourth round, Stevenson in the fourth, eh? third round, fourth round. Yeah, fourth, I think. Fourth, I think. Yeah. Um, Ramondre Stevenson had hundred yards rushing yesterday. He had twenty carries, a hundred yards rushing, two tutties. Yeah, uh, Kurt, on my and, bench in fantasy, but that's oh, a different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> that hurts, uh, Bruno. I told you I was going to bring it up. Oh yeah, bring it up. That, oh yeah, I'm remi- Kurt. I'm reminding you. Bring it up. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you, yeah. thank you. So I had I picked Damian Harris like in the fourth or fifth round this year in fantasy. I've yep. been very happy with that pickup. Yeah. Obviously, he um, was concussed and not playing. Right. So I moved him to IR and I picked up Ramondre Stevenson, and I was like, mm, do I start Melvin Gordon, who's been pretty good, or Ramondre Stevenson? And I was like, well, you know. The Browns have the number three ranked rushing defense in the NFL. I was like, it's going to be tough sledding for the Patriots offense, uh, especially running the ball. I was like, uh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> because Ramondre ran all over them. He had a ton of points, uh, fantasy points. I also have Hunter Henry as my backup tight uh. end. He was on my bench. And I also have Jacoby Myers, uh. who I sat. So I sat Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, and Ramondre Stevenson, who uh. collectively – Scored like sixty-two points. So oh, man. happy times for Kurt. Still won the game though. So that's yeah. all that matters. And Kurt, my last point about Ramondre Stevenson is that well, actually, I have two points about the running backs. My point about Ramondre Stevenson is that he had a hundred total yards. Kurt, I don't know about you, but it felt like fifty of those a hundred yards were after contact. Yeah, there were had... so many plays where I'm look it up. I'm gonna look yeah, it up. Yeah, look it up. But while he looks that up, I'll filibuster. What, he, there were so many plays where he would like hit the hole and it'd be stopped initially, or he'd have to be patient, or someone would tackle him, and he would just get through, gain an extra like three, four yards almost like every time. He just like like you said earlier, he's an absolute beast, and like again, there's that's all you really need to say. But it just can't go, it can't go overstated just how crazy it was to see him just shedding tacklers and getting those extra yards. Kurt, you don't average five yards a carry if you're not shedding tacklers left and right and you're not getting yards after contact. Did Ramon, you find the stat? I found it. Ramondre Stevenson had 100 rushing guards yesterday. Yep. 71 were after contact. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It felt like that every single time. And again, our that's not a shot, that's not a shot at our offensive line, who no, was absolutely no. great. It's it's just an absolute plus for Ramondre Stevenson. My other point, Kurt, oh I absolutely God. agree. Would our rushing attack have been as successful with no Stevenson? No, I'm not disagreeing there. I will say, Kurt, you know who's been an absolute revelation this year? I, Fucking Brandon Bolden. I know. Dude. We talk in about it all the role, time. I know. In his I know. Role, So, again, I don't want him to be the starter. I'm fine with Harris and Stevenson doing that. But in his role where either he's going on, like, 
uh, what is it, the big, the famous big cat shark wheel route yeah. out of the backfield yeah. off this right sideline, or whether it's just spelling Stevenson for a couple carries here and there, he's playing out of his mind too. So, Kurt, you said it as a hot take, I think, last week that we have the best running back room in the league. Kurt, yep. it, again, it's not a hot take. It, like, look what we're doing with our fucking guys, like rookie and Brandon Bolden has been around the league for like 100 years. It's crazy. I stand by what I said. I see no lies. I see I hear no lies. Um, my last thing before we move on, mm-hmm. I don't understand for the life of me why the Browns in a 7-7 game all of a sudden abandoned the run. Dude. You literally just ran the ball <laughs> down the Patriots' throat the huh? first drive, scored a touchdown. And now all of a sudden you're like, nah. We're not going to run power. We're not going to run outside zone. We're just going to let Baker throw. What an idiot. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. I mean, it, I've said that like three times on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> um, but I think this game really showed like a major, major coaching mismatch. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I think, is a pretty good coach. Not Bill Belichick. You will never be Bill Belichick. So never. really impressive stuff from the Patriots. Massive, 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 massive win. This is the kind of game that like – I know I said said this earlier. This is why we do a stupid podcast, Bruno. This is the, <laughs> this is the reason to do, to have games like this and talk about games like this. Um, it's just this. It felt like it felt like the old Patriots. I, my Jack, my cousin Jackie texted me and she was like, "Is is this high that I'm feeling right now? Like what you felt <laughs> all the time?" I was like, "Yes, this is what it was like. Welcome, almost every week back in yep. the day." So. Um, Glad you're here. Glad you could be here, Jackie. Yep. Uh, and um, the pa- Pats are back, baby. We're so fucking back, Kurt. Bruno, I think I think we could really skip three up, three down just because Sure. you could literally put like 15 people in the up category. The down category, I, can you read the second point off for me? Because it's, it, it's second and third points. Read those off for me on the three down. Yeah, Kurt, we already talked about it, but the second is the Patriots defense on game opening drives. Like we talked about earlier, Kurt broke it down. Go listen to that again if you want the breakdown. But we really just need to start the game better on defense. We just can't be having that. Good we're able to recover and adjust. We just really need to start better like the offense has been doing. Kurt, point number three, again, he had a great game. He had a great game. Mac Jones played phenomenal, had great throws. He like he even did that thing where he like looks one way and then got Hunter Henry open from looking off the safety and then threw that to him for the touchdown. Kurt, he played great. I'm just putting him on the down list because how is he not the one to throw the first career touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers? I know. I know. <laughs> how? His press Kurt? conference, um, his press conference after he was like, I, I told Jacoby he was going to catch a touchdown today. I didn't know it was me from Hoyer. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, but hopefully, hopefully <laughs> Mac has plenty more to go with, Many more. with, with Jacoby. Um, yep. <sighs> Bruno, the Pats play in three days. We, it's four weird day, to say, four Kurt. Days. Well, it's three abs- from when they hear this. It's so weird to say, I, Kurt. I don't know how to feel other than it's kind of fucking sick. We have a Patriots game in, on Thursday night. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Set my weekend up for success. I told mm. you the Patriot, the the outcome of Patriots games directly affect how I feel for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hopefully, it's a good weekend because they're gonna they're. I I feel pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. We're on a four game win streak. It looks like no corduroy. Do you see that? Ah, oh, my no. boy Corduroy here. Corduroy, Cordero Patterson. Uh, yeah, it looks like he might not be playing Thursday night. Um, so I'm checking my notes. That puts exactly zero playmakers for the Falcons. Um, <laughs> Thursday uh, night. Hey, Russell Gage had zero fantasy points. This week. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hopefully, <laughs> I I do feel bad for the Falcons having no Calvin Ridley. 
Um, yeah. Obviously, hope he gets right soon. Kurt, you want to know what's funny? Where Belichick takes away the opposing team's best weapon, we take away Kyle Pitts, who's their only weapon. And what do the Falcons have left? I hope I hope he is legitimately triple triple teamed, on triple every, teamed every play, every single play. <laughs> um, that was great. That was an awesome Patriot segment. But that leads us to our final segment, Bruno. Mm-hmm. It does. And the The fans are clamoring for this final segment, Kurt. It's what the, it's what they came here for. A lot of there are some people who who came here for this, okay? And they're about to get it right now. You know what it is. You know what it is. Hello, boys. Stats guy, how we doing? You know, I'm feeling like we're coming back this week. The Patriots had quite the comeback. They didn't really go anywhere, but they had a great win. <laughs> that's four straight. Stats guy, that's four straight. Yeah, that's four straight. And do we remember my stats from a couple weeks ago when I was talking about the franchise records and how the next three games would be really interesting? Yes. Oh, we tied yeah. them up, baby. Oh, we tied them up, baby. Wow. So we tied the Panthers. We tied um, the Browns. And then who's the Falcons? Maybe oh, the Falcons. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. We maybe have it's one Maybelline. More okay. Maybe it's X it? Falcon Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Good my God. God. Um, okay. Wait, hold so, on. Oh. Can you name, flipping this around, can you name the starting quarterback for the Falcons? Do you have any idea? Um, Matty Ice? Does that, I literally just gave you half the name. Matt Holmes? Ice. <laughs> Matt, who? Oh, Matt Holmes. <laughs> I thought you meant Mahomes. <laughs> Bruno, Matt Holmes was a kid from our grade in high school. Oh, who, um, whom's the folks did call Matty Ice. <laughs> they did call him Matty Ice. <laughs> any guesses? Played at Boston College? Um, Matt. Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Yes, good. Stats yes. guy. Yes. Got it all Great on my job. own. Uh, I'm actually really good at football stats. Um, good. So let's dive right in. All right. So um, this past week, I was watching the Patriots, and I was like, this is so fun because they're winning. But also, you want to know who's in a really good mood when they're winning? Kurt. Mac me. Jones. Oh. And so. But also when they me. Were, yeah. When they were. Your mood depends on it. It's, it does. Fuck a horoscope. It's how are the Pats doing this week? Yeah. That's facts. <laughs> that is straight facts. True. Capricorn. Doesn't matter. No. Oh, that's what I am. Bruno, oh. people have said Capricorns are bad people. That's what I've been hearing lately. Abby doesn't like Capricorns. What the f- Which is I ironic. Fuck. But I spend a lot of time with Capricorns. Yeah, so. a specific corn, actually. Fucking gabagool. Trying to rewrite the rules. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, sorry. I'm a Gemini, so uh, for anybody yeah. out there who... Sure tug, sure tug. Mm. Uh, check, please. <laughs> check, please. Okay, Cappies. Calm your, no calm cap. your horses. No cap. <laughs> um, so anyways, Mac Jones, happy, happy guy. And yeah. they kept doing all the sideline footage of him. And I was like, he looks like so much fun to hang out with. And then I asked Kurt... Is he single? And he said, no. 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 <laughs> and he said, look up Sophie Scott on Instagram. Yes. And, you know, I support her. I'm happy for her. I love everything she does. But what it made me really sad about was how NFL wags, wives and girlfriends of the NFL, um, really just live their best lives. They turn into influencers. They have the best clothes. I spent like an hour of my day today looking up Sophie Scott's like game day outfits. It's just... We came here for pop culture. So Wait, I was I'm going down. to do, well, no, hold on. We're on a journey today. Okay, great. I was going to do a stat all about like Instagram and wags of the NFL and just really bring you back 
bring you down to my speed. Okay. Okay. You guys talk a lot of football. Time to bring some pop culture in it. So I was trying to do research, like, who are the top 10, like, most followed wags of the NFL on Instagram. And I landed upon this YouTube video of this douche tit who literally could not have been more misogynistic. Was it Britney Britney Matthews or Mahomes now? No, it was. What? Sorry. It was a it was a boy. God damn it. That's all I know. I could not pay attention. He doesn't even have a thousand subscribers. Don't know why I clicked on this video. But he was like, look at the ass in that picture. And I was like, "Mm, I'm actually I've had enough of this stat today. Then I was thinking about how last week I was bringing you all the stats about sponsorships and the two point conversations from Duncan. And you thought that my stat was going to be about two point conversions. Yeah. So that's what we're here to do. But then I have a bonus stat at the end. I was kind of looking forward to talking about Kennedy Stidham and Sophie Scott and... Nope, couldn't even get Parker, there. Parker Henry. Nope, couldn't get there. And Giselle Bunchen and all of them. She's not really an influ... Well, would you quantify her as an influencer? She's like a full-blown model. She's like I the- couldn't even get two minutes into the influ- into the influencer like video, and they started at 11 at the least amount of followers and were working their way up. So I'm assuming she's one or two. I couldn't even get there. But yeah. she certainly counts. Well, I have no no doubt about that, but I don't think she's an influencer, you know? Not an influencer in the Kennedy Stidham terms where, like, Vici dolls and all these clothing yeah. companies. Use my code for 10%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Giselle has absolutely no time for that. That's she true. is a Victoria's Secret angel. She's, like, a, she's an influencer in different Is that what we're going to go as next year for Halloween? We went as Bill Belichick and the Lombardi Trophy. We went as Eric and Tammy Taylor. Are we going as Tom and Giselle next year? I suggested that to you this year, and you literally we get right. shot down my throat we that Giselle right. is not a Victoria's Secret angel. I did say that. I was wrong. Catch me in a strappy <laughs> contraption next right. to European Giselle Punchin right. as a Victoria's right. so Secret should, angel. Should I leave, ladies and gentlefish? Or <laughs> no? <laughs> You're coming no. as Jack Brady. No, Bruno, Charizard. So. Jack. You're coming. You're oh going, wait, yeah. Kurt, do you Jack. want me to kiss you on the lips? Is that what you just said? Well, you know, Tom's gonna be gotta be in in character. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm interrupting something here. Well, <laughs> on the turntables. Um. So, anyways, two point conversions. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Hold on, I gotta go back to my tab. So. Okay, I actually have a very, very, very brief stat, and I'm so sorry if you guys are making faces at me because I can't see because I have a new tab open, but um, very, very curious is a very brief stat. So for those who don't know, and I'm assuming everybody who listens to this podcast would know about this. Fuck you. I just clicked (laughs) over really quick. They're making faces and flipping me off on the camera. That's so mean. I don't know what you're... I'm a Gemini. I just told you that. I'm sensitive. No proof. These two Capricorns be flipping me off. No Classic cap. caps. No cap. Anyways, um, have fun in your dark winter birthdays. <laughs> Thanks. Will do. Um, a two-point conversion is a scoring play occurring immediately after a touchdown in which a team can add two bonus points by running or passing the ball into the end zone on one play starting from the opponent's two-yard line. Or drop kicking. What? Shout out Doug Flutie. Shout out Doug Flutie. Drop kicking? Yep. You Explain. Can, you can drop kick. You can line up to in like a two-point conversion, like everyone's lined up, quarterback or whoever could be kicker. But Doug Flutie, the Patriots' backup quarterback, a couple years ago, lined up like seven yards behind the center, took the ball. You have to drop it; has to hit the ground, and then bounce back up, and then you kick it through the upright. It's two points. Drop kick, two points. Oh, I'd be so good at that. I don't think you would. 
Anyways, so that's the definition of a two-point conversion. But the NFL has been around five ever. But the history, the two-point conversion was originally introduced to football, the sport, in 1958. But only in college. That's where it started first. Okay. Mm. It did not... um, (laughs) <laughs> it was not officially adapted by the NFL until 1994. And boys, I'm laughing because I know what stat comes next. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Tom Tupa of the Cleveland Browns, my favorite team, scored the very first two-point conversion in NFL history in 1994 in a week one game against Tomst, my second favorite team, Colts. the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, so that's really interesting to me that football's been around for so long, but they didn't start doing two-point conversions until 1994. But That is pretty I cool, really, actually. Like, well, first of all, why was it not adapted by the NFL for like 40 years after it was in college? That's what I want to know. Well, there's different rules for the college game and the NFL game, so maybe they're trying to keep it a little bit different. Who knows? Yeah, but they're in like penalties and stuff like that. Like an entire point opportunity i feel like rules don't differ that much yeah so my question for you because i told you that the stat was really brief but that i wanted to turn the tables onto you because you're the football guru and you are like strategy boy and so like you could justify every decision for everything you predict everything that's coming up so below in this article when i was reading about two-point conversions it was talking about this two-point conversion chart and like in which situations would you choose a two-point conversion yep it always just seems random to me because I'm never paying attention that hard. Okay. But it's like, if you're leading by one point, you should go for two. If you're trailing yes. by one point, you should go for two. Mm. Obviously. Well, I don't know about that. If you're trailing by one point, I don't know. It depends on the game, like where in the game you are. I wouldn't go for two. If it's seven to six in the first quarter, I'm not going for two to make it eight, seven. Okay. I'm so sorry to the audience that I just got you that revved up because <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard to follow that whole sentence. And then you said like four numbers in a row okay. and I got lost. Say that one more time. <laughs> no, you said obviously you'd go for two if you're down by one, mm-hmm. but like you wouldn't. <laughs> so if it's the first quarter, okay, are we still mm-hmm. with me? <laughs> yeah, first like quarter. Yesterday, the Browns went up 7 nothing. The mm-hmm. Patriots scored a touchdown. There is simply no reason for the Patriots to go for two. Right, you, you have so much time. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So don't waste the opportunity. But, like, if they were down 13-12. No. no. In the fourth quarter, even. Tie the game up. Okay. I'm a, so yeah. that's fine. I get that, I guess, because then over time you could do a whole yeah. extra touchdown. But then it's saying, like, if you're four points ahead, go for two. If you're trailing by four points, decision. That's what it says. Well, four points. Okay, so think about it this way. If you're up by four points, the other team needs a touchdown to go ahead of you. They can't kick Mm -hmm. a field goal and go ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So people forget, people commonly forget, if you score a touchdown in the NFL, it's only worth six points. And the way kickers have been kicking this year, not every extra point is guaranteed anymore. So if you're up by four, you should go for two to make it a six-point game. So that if the other team scores a touchdown – that's them tying you. They have to make the extra point to go ahead of you. Because if you're up by four points and you kick to go up by five, well, what good is that? Like, what's the, like, what's the difference between being up by four points and being up by five points? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I totally understand what you're saying. 
But I think the part in that comparison that I was more confused about, and I'm very sorry that this has now turned into a lesson for me and not for you, <laughs> but on the four points, it's like lead by four points, go for two. I get that, but if you're trailing by four points... I don't know why you go for two. Bruno, do you have any idea why you'd go for two if, if you're trailing by four points? I don't... I mean, unless you just are don't think you're going to win at all. So you're saying, fuck it, let's just take this chance. To <laughs> yeah. Fucking okay. Ride. That was kind of where I was going with that, but I didn't know that that's how other people thought. It goes for so long. It's like, if you're leading by 20 points, yeah. It, like, yeah. if you're leading by 19 points, go for two. Who has that much time to do math on the sidelines after you make a touchdown? Not math guys here. Not math guys. So I'm going to intervene again because, um, Ab, we were actually watching this game together. The Super Bowl, the Patriots played the Falcons, and they came back. Um, mm-hmm. 28-3. <coughs> yes. Oh, okay. Um, they were down 28-3, um, and then we scored a touchdown, but Steven Gostowski missed the extra point, so it became 28-9. to mm-hmm. not, not a math guy. The Patriots were down by how many? 19 points. So the Patriots end up getting a field goal at some point later to make it 28 28- to 12 so we're down 16 points so belichick knew when he went to go kick that field goal he's like we need to score three more times a field goal and then two touchdowns with two two-point conversions and the patriots oh were able so in belichick's head at that time even though it was 28 to 9 he knew he's like i'm kicking the field goal anyway because we're going to need it at some point so these coaches ha- and they have people in the booth like that like that's what like ernie adams job was for the patriots like hey be that analytics guy be that guy to be in my ear like hey this is this is where we go for two. This is where we go. F- this is where you got to kick the field goal. That type of stuff. Do you again? Do you kind of follow? Okay, I have. I didn't not respect like football in the sense of like all the points and stuff like that. But you just explained that in a way I have never thought about the game of football before. Welcome to the wow. stats guy segment with Kurt. Let's fucking go. Stats guy has entered the room. I'm here for it. <laughs> yep, that was cool. Um, wow, thank you. I actually just learned so much more than I thought I was signing up for today. Thank you so much. Very welcome. Um, but anyways, I said I was on a journey and I'm not done. So then I was thinking literally right when you guys, so I, breaking down the fourth wall, Mm. I was in the room for a touch of when you were talking about the Pats just now, and I was thinking about yesterday's game. And naturally, obviously they won, that's great and fine and good, but when I thought about yesterday's game, I was thinking about the buffalo wings that I was eating during the game. (laughs) Same. <laughs> then I started thinking about buffalo wings and was like, mm, can we do a little bit of fast history research on there? History goes in a lot of different directions. So I was kind of like a history of the buffalo wing. And then I was like, that doesn't really have much to do with football. And then I was like, why does um, why do people eat buffalo wings during football games? Mm, not a ton there either. But um, just move your microphone away from your shirt, Gail. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Way better. Um, There is an article called Why Are Chicken Wings and Football the Ultimate Winning Combination? And there's a lot of information that I didn't read. But what I did find is that there's something called the National Chicken Council uh, that shares stats about chicken wings every year. Let me just spitfire some of these real quick. 175 million pounds of wings weighs 1,500 times much as the entire 49ers team and three of their team buses. Who the fuck is calculating? Who is this board? The National Chicken Council. Oh, my God. 
1.4 billion billion wings are enough to give every attendee of every Super Bowl since 1967 each 342 wings. That's why is that the most specific stat maybe of all time? The same reason why Kurt was just able to tell me why you'd go for a two point conversion if you're up by or if you're down by 19. Mm. Weird. Each of the 1.4 billion wings. Oh, wait, where did this 1.4 billion wings come from? It, oh, earlier where I didn't read, it says it is projected that Americans will eat 1.4 billion chicken wings during Super Bowl 54 yep. weekend. Okay. Well, 55 <laughs> so this do a little right? Roman numeral math. Is it 55 this year? No. This article you... was in 2019. <laughs> okay. God damn it, stats guy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> every player in the NFL, including the San Francisco 49ers, Niners, Niners. and Brainbush boys. San Francisco 49ers and actually, never mind. San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs would have to consume 825,000 wings each to reach 1.4 billion. Wow. it's a lot of wings. So. Hey, there's bit. nothing better than wings, beer, and football. Nothing. There's nothing. Um, I'm going to give you a little insight to my childhood and then she'll be on the road again and okay. wrapping up doing starting my research for next week right so buffalo wings i'm going to ask you a question i'm going to tell you a little story and then i'm going to go back to the question do you know why they're called buffalo wings just say yes or no and don't tell me why nope no wow i really thought you would okay um well when i was approximately nine i was in a restaurant called buff no Bug- Bugaboo Creek, oh, one of my favorite restaurants. Yes. You remember? Oh, I had to, I was never about to say Buffalo Creek. Bugaboo Creek. You never Creek. Heard of Bugaboo Creek? No. And the Kurt. giant talking Christmas tree yeah. and moose? And the moose they brought out for your birthday that talked to you and shit. All I remember was Kahunaville. Everyone go to Kahunaville? I don't even know what never the fuck heard that is. Or the Rainforest Cafe? Whatever. Rainforest Losers. Cafe. Absolutely. All right, Kahunaville. You all missed out with some Holyoke. Anywho, so I was, didn't. Not all the synapses really fired up when I was nine. So we were talking about buffalo wings somehow. My brother and I were in Bugaboo Creek, and he was like, why are buffalo wings called buffalo wings? Or maybe I asked that, and he just turned and looked at me, and he ever so simply said, you you guess why they're called buffalo wings, because he knew that I would not come up with the right answer. And he was like, I'm just going to wait to see what she pulls out of her asshole. And he was like, I'm going to give you three guesses. One of my guesses was that buffaloes, when angry, kick. And buffalo wings are spicy. They have, as one might say, a kick. That was my first guess. My second guess was that there was a breed of chicken called the buffalo chicken. Okay. My third guess, and this was really stretching, was that under... I can't remember which way it was. Was that either some breeds of buffalo have little wings or that chickens have horns? I don't know. Those are my three guesses. So I was, this was all firing through my head in about the last 30 seconds of you talking about your brief segment of Pat's three up, three down. (laughs) Just want you to know what's going through my head at that time. So anyways, back to the actual answer. No guesses? Buffalo wings? No. Dubbed buffalo wings? Because uh, chickens are horny. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're invented in Buffalo, New York. Kurt, you literally should know that we've been there. Oh, I know. I, that, that's and li- we went to the birthplace of the buffalo wings. I wing. understand that. I And I would have said that, but that's not why they're called w- 
wings, like buffalo wings. They're, they're the wing of the chicken. <laughs> I understand, but there are chickens everywhere. Is it just only because they were invented in Buffalo? Because there are chicken everywhere. Hold on. I think we're talking about the wrong thing. What are you talking about? You can have, you can have <laughs> chicken wings, and they could be like honey barbecue flavor, but there is a flavor of sauce called yeah, I buffalo. Know, I know. So they are called buffalo wings. Okay, and that was the first flavor, first but time. But it obviously put, oh. has nothing to do with the animal buffalo, which is where my brain went <laughs> Wait, when I was can nine. can I be honest? I feel like that's common knowledge. I just didn't say that because I assumed you bring this up meant there was some sort of story there. They are obviously from Buffalo. That, yeah, and I feel like when I went to the Bills game, I was like, I know this is where they're like the birthplace of wings. Yeah. That's what yeah. they always say. But yeah. Kurt went. But why are they called wings? <laughs> yeah, that was brain bush. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, your chicken is like in your top three favorite foods. It's my you top have chicken one, tenders, two, eight, chicken titties, chicken, tenders, chicken thighs. Chicken you have so many other variations of the chicken meat, and you want there are a bunch of kinds of chickens. I don't. It's their wing. That's Kurt. what I meant. Oh. You know, this took a turn I didn't expect to take, but take the road less traveled, and you never know well, where you're on up, a better that, destination. Let's take the road that ends this episode. Well, I hope we all learned a lot today, because oh, I know I did. Yeah. All I learned was that chickens are horny. That's literally all I've learned today. <laughs> I think what I learned is that the only topic you should ever ask Kurt questions about is football and absolutely nothing else. Kurt, what did you learn? That I should only talk about football. Something else. <laughs> that... There are all Multiple sorts kinds of, kind of, of chickens. Yeah. Okay. I think for, for not no, only Kurt's God. sanity. Yeah, thank you. For not only Kurt's sanity, for Stats Guys doesn't have any sanity. And for my sanity, we need to just end this episode because clearly yep. we have reached the end of the road of our brain power. The synapses have stopped firing, as Stats Guy <laughs> likes to say. But another absolutely electric twisting turning adventurous stats guy segment that you never know where it's going to go <laughs> clearly the people are clamoring for more of that because even we don't know where it's going to go but you know what we know where we're going to go and that's the fuck home because this Away. episode is over and kurt i think the last thing and stats guy too we're doing pick six before the patriots thursday night yes, so yes. everybody tune in thursday night because pat's falcons 825 will be live or 7 30 to 8 o'clock range so tune in then and i'll be there we'll be there I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. We will see you next time on motherfucking Playing the Field. Hasta la vista.